Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Philippians chapter 3, and it says this, and please pray for me because i got to preach this 30-minute, three-hour message in 30 minutes. And it says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to just highlight here that he considers the things that are worthless when he begins to compare them to something that is more valuable. Why is that important? Because what he is saying is that the things that he is referring to are valuable in it by themselves until you compare it to something of much more value. I'll give it to you like this. How many of you believe that $10 million is a valuable amount? So we've written you out a check. Look under your seat. There's nothing there. And $10 million is a whole lot of money. How many would agree? But that $10 million becomes insignificant and of no value when compared to the value of your child. Your children are in the room, so this is a good time to look good. Some of you guys are not convinced. Is it really, Pastor Rob? $10 million? Kid, $10 million. I don't know. We'll pray for you all to call at the end of the service. He says, this is worthless when it's compared to the infinite value, watch this, of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. For, for his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Here, here, here it is. Let me explain it to you this way. He says, he says listen, I want to take hold of the thing for which Christ took a hold of me for. He says, I want to get a grasp of the thing that Christ got a grasp of me for. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Everybody shout, forgetting the past. As we step into this new year, if you can do yourself a favor, let me tell you something. Just by forgetting the past, letting go of what's behind, letting go of the failures and the pain and the, and the hurt from the past, you will do yourself a service. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Forgetting the past and looking forward. Everybody shout, looking. Looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which... God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. 
I want to leapfrog real quick to 1 Timothy. This is now Paul again speaking to his spiritual son in, this, in the faith. This is, a, this is a son in the faith, which means that this is a young man that Paul mentored, uh, Paul spent time with, Paul began to develop, Paul imparted into Timothy. And, and, and what, Timothy, the, the letters of Timothy is actually one of the last letters in, in that Paul ever wrote. Okay, so this is one of the last things that Paul ever writes. And look what he says. He says, some of these people, he's, he's referring to people who have got caught up in things that are insignificant when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. And he says, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. May God's mercy be upon you. Sincerely, Paul. I love that. I love that right there. Like, the last thing I'm going to write. Hey, listen, some of these people... They're missing out on the most important thing in life. Drops the mic. Poof. I love that. He gives this as one of his last admonishments to his spiritual son, who is now going to bring this to the church that his spiritual son leads in Ephesus. I want to give you the title to today's message. It's a very simple message that I want to, I want to share with you. I think sometimes creativity has its place but I think clarity is much more important than creativity and I want to share with you this message entitled know God look at the person next to you tell them know God now if I had a secondary title I'll title it like this don't miss the point look at the person next to you tell them don't miss the point now but you got to tell them don't miss the point don't miss the point tell them y'all don't miss the point don't miss the point help me pray heavenly father we thank you Lord, I believe, Lord, that you have a word to share today with your church, with those you love. Lord, help me share this message. Thank you for the amazing privilege to pastor an amazing church, to be the father of some amazing children, and to be married to the hottest woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says amen and amen. Can we give God a shout of praise in this room one more time? Um. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Um, I want to ask you a question, and, and it's simply this. Have you ever met someone who misses the point of every argument? This is not a good time to look at a person next to you. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever missed people? Like, like you, you ever encountered someone that they just, like, after you talk to them and they respond, you're just like, hmm. Like, you got that face, like, oh. Let's be honest, someone's like, yeah, I don't think they're all there. Like, you ever met someone, like, you, you just, every time they miss the point, like, the point is over here. There's someone down there, over there. Like, no, no, here's the point. <laughs> what you doing over here? I think, in fact, it's kind of like human tendency, if we're, if we're being honest. It's human tendency to kind of miss the point, if you think. I think, I, and, and as a pastor, one of my responsibilities is to help people and counsel people. But I want to let you in on a counseling session. I looked up some people that have missed the point in life. Can I tell you, can you help me out real quick? I, wanna, I, wanna help, I want you to help me counsel some of these people that have missed the point. How about this? Mr. Expert Mathematician, I think he missed the point. Because I want to talk to him. Can we, can we put that up? Can, like, find X. Here it is. See, some of you guys didn't do algebra, and that's why you're like, what's wrong with that? You're missing the point. Someone shout, don't miss the point. 
How about Mr. and Mrs. Dog Walker? Hey, honey, you want to take the dog for a walk? Sure. Let's go out for a walk. It's not working? It's... <laughs> Look at the person next to you. Some don't miss the point. How about, how about this? Hey, you want to go? Let's go. Let's go work out. We're going to go on a treadmill. Let's go lose some. Someone shout, I think they missed the point. Uh, uh, how about, how about uh, Mr. Shoelace Expert? What was the point? What was the point of that? How about Mr. Crossword Puzzle Expert? Like someone said, this is not a maze, man. This is a crossword puzzle. They have completely missed the point. And I think that sometimes in life, let's be honest, in life, I think each and every one of us in this room, if you exist, if you, if you breathe, if you have been created, we are all on a journey. But can we be honest? Sometimes I think if we're not careful, we can miss the point of life. See, I think, I think it's okay when we miss the point of an argument or maybe we miss the point um, um, and, and try to tie the shoe that we didn't pick up the leg for. Like, I, I, I get it. We can miss the point on so many things. But I think that, that when it comes to missing the point of life, it is a much greater, it's of much greater value. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live this kind of life. I don't, I don't want to just live life, accomplish a lot, do much uh, 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 and get things done and reach certain goals and, and then miss out on the most important thing that life has to offer. And so we can accomplish and achieve many things, but we can become involved in many affairs and we can get creative and we can explore so many options and we can get so asphyxiated in getting things done, but we can then, in as a result, we can miss out on the very thing that God created us for. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live the kind of life that says I achieved a lot, a lot but I missed it. Right? Like, 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 I love the way the Bible will communicate this over and over. The Bible will say like this. He says it in, in the chapter right before today's text. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Then on that day, Christ's return... I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I don't want to run this race. I don't want to get to the end of my story and realize that I missed out on the most important thing. Jesus himself will say it this way. He'll say, for what does it profit a man? Or what does a man have if he gets all the world and loses his soul in the process, which is another way to communicate. Man, what does it mean? What, is, what value is it for me to get so much, accomplish so much, and then miss out on the very thing that God created me for? And if that's not explicit enough, Timothy will make it clear, or Paul will make it clear to Timothy in his writings in 1 Timothy. He says, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. He goes, man, some of these people, they, they, you're looking at them and they, they look like they got it all together. They look like they're accomplishing much. They, they look like they are busy, busy, busy. But some of these people that we look up to, man, they're missing out on the most important thing in life. And look what it says. It says that they don't know 
God, look at the person next to you. Tell them, don't miss the point. Don't miss the point. And so, so many times we can miss the point of our journey. And here's the truth. Every single one of us, if you're here today, we're all on a journey. Every single person that walked into this room, you are on a journey. I am on a journey. Uh, uh, our family's on a journey. There is a reason that God created you. There's a reason that God has placed you in this world. And sometimes we think that the reason that God created us and the reason that God uh, put us into this world is simply to wake up, go to work, pay bills, eat, use the restroom, go to sleep. Wake up, go to work, pay the bills, make money, go to sleep, and the cycle continues. But God has created you. For so much more than that. I want to prophesy to you today, if I can, and tell you that you have a purpose, that you have a promise, that God has a plan for you, that God has direction for you, that there's a lot that God wants to re reveal to you today. And if you believe that in this place, come on, can we give God a shout of praise in this room? Like, I genuinely believe that, that the reason, this is, this is how the scripture says it, it says, the reason many of us, when we're on a journey, you need to be able to see where you're going. Like how many would agree that, that when you're on a journey, you want to roll with a tour guide that knows where he's going? Like, have you ever followed someone that did not go, that did not know where they were going in the car? What do you do? You GPS it yourself. Amen. Why? Someone gave that amen too. How loud? They're like, amen. Hallelujah felt the spirit in that one. Why? Because you want to follow someone that knows where they're going. And, and, and I love the way Proverbs 29 says it. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Someone shout, they're most blessed. Look what it says. It says it's essentially saying it this way. It's saying, listen, listen, I, I genuinely believe that that the reason people miss the point is because they can't see what God is doing. The reason that we miss the whole point of life is because we don't know what God put us on earth for. It says, the, it says, it says people stumble all over themselves. You're stumbling in a relationship. You're stumbling in your finances. You're stumbling in your home life. And it's not because the devil's attacking you. It's not because um, um, uh, you're just making poor decisions. The reason that, that, that that's happening is because you can't see what God is doing. And so sometimes God needs to open up our eyes to be able to see what God, what he is doing in our lives. And that's why it says, it says, it says, but those that attend to what he's already revealed are the most blessed. When you begin to attend to the things that God has placed in your lap, when you begin to attend to the thing that God has revealed, when you know what your plan is, when you know what God's destiny for your life is, man, the Bible says that you are most blessed. Because many times we are trying to reach a level of happiness, not realizing that happiness is only a byproduct of your purpose. And until you begin to walk out on the purposes of God for your life, you'll never experience the radical happiness that comes with fulfilling your purpose. And so throughout the next four weeks, I want to be able to share this with you and unpack four steps that are going to help you. And maybe you're here for the first time. I just want to encourage you. Would, you. would you maybe come for the next three weeks? Today's week one, and 
I want to invite you to come for the next three weeks and begin to learn what God's purpose for your life is. What God's destiny for your life is. And, I, and I'll tell you, for starters, it starts with understanding that God has a purpose for you to experience an abundant life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, I love what it says. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give a life in all its fullness. I don't know about you, but I want a life that it's in all its fullness. I don't want to settle for something less than God's best. I don't want to settle for leftovers. Imagine today we go downstairs and there's nothing but leftovers. I don't want to settle for leftovers. I don't want to settle for yesterday's meal. I want everything that God has for my life and embrace the totality of it. Because if, if, if we can't see what God's plan for our life is, I'll tell you right now, the enemy has a plan for our life. That's why he says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. In context, Jesus was actually speaking about other teachers who were posing as shepherds. And so Jesus is actually talking about people who are a counterfeit version of who he is. And that's the truth. Like the enemy is not going to come to you with this plan that's not going to look good. The enemy has a plan for your life. And if you don't have a plan for your life, then the enemy will defer his plan into your life. Instead of you seeing that all, all of what God has for you. And let me, let me break it down this, this way to you. The, the enemy's plan for your life is this, this way. No me. Life is all about me. Life is about my desire. Life is what, about what I make it. Life is, is, is my, my will. I need to be the center. Number two, his, his, his plan for your life is to find fame. How, how many know that with this culture of social media, we know that... Uh, the majority of our children today, if you ask them what do they want to be when they grow up, it's something that is relative to being famous. And once you have had people notice you enough, you want to discover a platform. You want to be able to, this is what you want to do, you want to be able to get a platform where you can now influence people to make themselves the center of their life. And obviously you got to make as much money as you want. And, and here's what you don't you may not realize if you don't see what God sees for your life. See, when you, when you bank tellers, what they study, they don't study counterfeits. They study, they study the authentic version of currency. Because the more you understand, the more you know how, the more you study true currency, the more you'll be able to realize when it's false that's being presented to you. See, when you know what God's plan is, is for your life, no matter how close it is that's offered to you, you're able to distinguish that's not God's plan for my life. And so the enemy will always have a counterfeit plan for your life. But this is what I believe for each and every one of us today. This is what I believe God's plan for your life is today. We see this all throughout the scripture. We see this in the Old Testament with the people of Israel. We will also see it in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul gives a brilliant example of what this journey looks like. Step one is this. Everybody shout, no God. Everybody shout, no God. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. He says, he says, he says you, need to, you need to know God. Your journey must begin, not with, not, not with you. Your journey can't be, listen, if you make you the center of your life, that is only going to lead you to misery. 
I'll tell you right now, I want to promise you that right now. Like, if you think that making you the center of your life is going to lead to some level of happiness, in fact, the studies show, not even through the scripture, but the studies show the more you make life about serving others, the happier happier life you will ever live. And so you got to know God. Why? Because when you begin to know God and discover who he is and enter a unique and intimate relationship with him, you begin to experience a freedom that you can never experience. And he says, number two is, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. And that's step two. Step two is finding freedom. And he says, but I focus on one thing. I'm forgetting the past. I'm forgetting the things that had me in bondage. I'm forgetting the things that have hurt me in the past. I'm forgetting the things that had me tied up. I, I know that they, they did this to me. I know that they spoke about me. I know I was abused as a child. But I'm forgetting because I'm not going to let my past hold me back from the future that God has for me. And let me tell you, when you begin to let go of your past, You'll be able to discover the purpose that God has for you because sometimes you can't see clearly because you're still seeing the future through the lenses of your past. And so God wants to come into your life, step two. He wants to come into your life and start working and start resolving. And he wants you to be able to deal with your yesterday so that you can walk into your tomorrow. Sometimes you got to settle that. There's so many people in this room. Sometimes, let's be honest, like, like we, 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 we know God, but we still haven't allowed knowing God to deliver us from the hurt that we've experienced from people yesterday. And I'll tell you this, you might be able to like tiptoe in the promised land, but you'll never walk into the fullness, that abundant life that God has for you until you let go of the past. And you walk in your purpose. I'll tell you right now, like, I love being a father. My son is 14 years old. I've been a father for almost a decade and a half. Come on, somebody. I got a thing to tell about parenting. But greater than the joy, and my son know this, greater than the joy of being a father. And let me tell you, like, I'm one of those fathers. Like, you know what I'm talking about, Frank. Like, I'm one of those fathers. Like, like, like you're good with me until... Like, you could talk about me, you could say anything about me, but you talk about my bishop and my say-say. What you, what, you, what you say? I start getting like David and Goliath. What, what, you, what you say about what? What you say, you uncircumcised Philistine? What you, oh, come on. I love my children. But greater than the love I have for my children is the peace that I experience through fulfilling the purpose in which God intended for my life. It's a greater joy. It's a greater happiness. And there's no greater happiness than being married to the perfect woman. I know I'm the only one that has that privilege. But (laughs) greater than being married to the perfect wife is the notion that I'm accomplishing The purpose for which God created Rolando for. And that's when you begin to make a difference in someone else's life. And it says, and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, has given you. See, because we we are called to know God. We're called to find freedom. We're called to discover our purpose. And we're called to make a difference. And how do you know you're making a difference? Because you are impacting eternity. Because many times you're like, hey, it's okay to make a difference in this world, 
But what value is it if it doesn't have an impact into eternity? I don't know about you, but the only thing that you can bring into heaven with you are the people that you led to a relationship with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want to be able to look at heaven and see, my God, my God, thank you that on earth I was able to make a difference that impacted eternity. Do we have any difference makers in the house? So I want to be able to live a life. I want to be a history maker. I want to be a difference maker. But you cannot make a difference until you know your purpose. Until you know what is it that God has placed me here on this earth for. The number one question that is asked in Google is what on earth am I here for? That's the number one question, but I'll never be able to make a difference unless I discover my purpose. But I'll never be able to make a, discover my purpose unless my eyes are clear enough to see my purpose. And they'll never be clear enough to see my purpose until I let go of my past and find freedom. But I'll never be able to find freedom until I encounter the presence of God. And so this is why I love when Paul says, he says, at once... I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else. I've counted it all as garbage. Now, you hear this and you think that he's talking about garbage, but when Paul list his resume when he says i count all these things as garbage when he lists his resume he's talking about the things that people viewed as the most significant things that you can ever accomplish or be looked at in ancient jewish society so when he's saying I, I, this is all garbage to me he's talking about things that naturally are valuable in that culture but he says greater than that is knowing christ and this term, knowing Christ, this, this word know Christ, it actually comes from the Greek language which our New Testament is written in. And it's this word genosko. Everybody look at the person and tell them, tell them genosko. And genosko means to know intimately. Like this is the word that you use in, when your kids are around and you don't want to talk about, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you don't know what I'm saying? I'm away, I'm Like you? The kid, oh, I forgot the kids are here. The kids are here. The kids director is looking at me, Pastor Rowe. I don't have to explain what this is the next few weeks. But anyway, this is the, the language that is used to communicate intimacy, closeness, kenosko. And so when he says, I want to know Christ, Paul is saying, he's saying, listen, I, I know that there's a list of, of things that we can have to try to impress Christ. I know there's so many things that you can accomplish in life, but none of that is the point of life. The point of life is missed when you don't understand that it's all about knowing Christ in an intimate way, not just knowing about Jesus, not just knowing about God, like we know about the president or we know the president or we know somebody. It's knowing them intimately. And Paul is communicating. He's saying, Paul, Paul came to this realization that, that, listen, all those things are good, but they're not the point. All those things are amazing, but they're not the point. Okay, you got a retirement fund, but that's not the point. <laughs> Oh, you accomplished, now you're married, and what? 
That's not the point of life. It says the point is to know God. And look what the scripture says. It says, it says even though we can list what many, this is Philippians chapter 3 verse 4. It says, even though we can list what many might think as an impressive credentials. You know my pedigree. A legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent of God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book, the very credentials that these people are waving around as something special I'm tearing up and throwing it out with the trash, along with everything else I used to credit for, I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. What? Yes, all these things I once thought was so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ. He says, that's my list. Those are my credentials. But all of that means nothing. And all God wants is for you to know him. All want. All God wants is an intimate relationship with you. And, and, and maybe you're here, so I, I, I come to church. I read my Bible. I sing songs. I clap my hands on cue. I give my tithes. I fast. And it's not just social media. What's your list today? What's the thing that you've listed in front of you to give you value and meaning? Maybe it's a, a religious list. Maybe, maybe it's a list of accomplishments. Maybe it's a list that feeds our own ego and our own point, subjective view of life. But what if everything that we aspired so much to gain, when we get to the end of that journey, we realize that we're still empty and we're still unsatisfied. Here's why. Because we missed it. We missed out on the most important thing in life. And we think that knowing God becomes about getting better or becoming better or reaching some type of moral high ground. And we think that our journey with God is about, I, I, I've heard people say, well, my goal as a Christian is not to sin. That is not the goal of a Christian. You are missing the point, my friend. The whole point of this journey is it begins with knowing God. And I love that when Paul writes this, he's not writing this at the beginning of his journey. Like, you know, like, you know when you fall in love? Man, we got, we need more love in this room. It's like, I heard, I heard the cricket say, you know when you fall in love? Like, you know what I'm talking about when you fall in love, right? Like, you know, right? I'm not talking about when you meet the person. Because when you meet the person, like, you didn't fall in love. You're just giving them the representation of who you want them to know who you to be. Okay? How many, how many people? There's about maybe 150 people in this room, and we all have two personalities, so we have about 300 people in this room. Right? And, and, and you know when you, like, you fall, I'm talking about when you fall in love. Like the Bronx Tale. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? You... You open the door for her, you get to the other side, what she got to do? Everybody, all the men, you know she the one if she reach over. 
But all the ladies in the room is like, please, I could just do this. Boop, boop. <laughs> like, you know when you're in love, you know when you're on the phone and you're like, hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm falling asleep talking to you. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, baby, I just got to get up for work. I got to get up for work. I know, I know, but I just, I just love hearing your voice. Your voice is so soothing to me. We, some, we say some weird stuff when we're in love. So soothing to me. All right, we're going to hang up. All right, but we got to hang up at the same. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. All right, we'll hang up at the same You ready? Yeah. <laughs> you ready to hang up? All right. At the count of three. All right. One, two, three. You still there, right? Yeah, I'm still there. I'm still there. All right, baby, I got to... <laughs> you call back. Did you, did you hang up on me? I thought you finished. I didn't even finish my sentence. <laughs> when I look at Paul, like this is not Paul saying, I want to know you as the worship team comes up. This is not Paul saying, I want to know you. After he experienced God, this is so powerful when I understood this. Like, this is not Paul saying, man, I just fell in love with God, and I want to know him more. I just want to get to know him. I, I, wanna, I just want to be, I, like, you know when we fall in love, I just want to be kissed by you all day. No, no, no. Like, this, is not the, this is at the end of Paul's life when he is on death row, essentially. He's on death row, essentially. And look, look what he says. Now, this is Paul after he's experienced a powerful encounter with Jesus. He was on the road to Damascus, and guess what happens? He gets thrown on the floor, and he hears God audibly. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never heard God audible. Like, I never heard God's voice in my ears. I was close, but then I realized that was my mom. never heard God's voice audibly. Paul did. You know what I've never done? I've never gone to the third heaven. But I almost did. When I cut school one time and my mom. <laughs> Paul goes to the third heaven. And the Bible says that it was such a divine experience. It was like he was in a trance. He didn't even know if he was in his physical body or in the spirit. He doesn't know. But he had this divine encounter in heaven where he was able to see the third heaven. I never had that. I never experienced that. Paul got stranded in a storm where angels came and rescued him and led him. I've never seen angels in my life other than my wife. Never. But this is what Paul says. So wait a minute, Paul. Like, you want to, you, 
already know him. Like you, you've already heard his voice. You already had an encounter in heaven. He says, yet yeah, none of that, all that pales in comparison with knowing God intimately. This is not a guy at the beginning of a relationship. This is a guy at the end of his life saying, I just still want to know him. I'm just as in love as I was when I first met him. I still want to know him. I still want his kisses at night. I still want to hear his voice. I still want to spend time with him. I still want his closeness. Because all of the experiences that I've ever had pale in comparison with just knowing God in an intimate way. Where he's my best friend. Where he's the lover of my soul. Where he's everything that I need. That even in the midst of jail, even in the midst of a prison, he's the one that comforts me. He's the one that's today you think that our relationship with God is more about a list I don't want to come to church I don't want to go to church because when I come to church I know that there's a whole bunch of stuff that I got to get together and I'm just not ready to to go to church I genuinely don't think that people are interested in filling up seats I genuinely don't believe that people are interested in growing a church and making a name for them people are not interested in that you know what they're interested in just know God says the reason that I want to know him is because I'm still in love with him and maybe today you're like man is that what love feels like because I don't know what that's like because God doesn't want religion he wants a relationship and maybe you fell out of love with God and I just want you to get the answer right because many times God will approach us and says I want to know you and give God a list and God says I don't want your list I want your love the Bible says that the greatest commandment the greatest commandment is the one that we're not focusing on it says to love God with all your heart with all your mind and with all your strength what do you have to do today to know God I want to give it to you simple look at Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 Romans chapter 12 and we're done Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. That's not the best part. Here it is. Ready? Do we have that verse? Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. What's the most important thing? Pastor Roe, what's the best thing that I can do for God? What's the, what's the greatest thing? Because I want to do it. Here it is. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Everybody get up on your feet in this place. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. 
Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.